Good afternoon. My name is Ray and I'm a member of the Hub Community Church. I'm involved in doing coffee, uh, filling baptism pools and have actually been a member for more years than I care to remember. Um, married to Debbie, got two sons, Nicholas and Jonathan, and that is a very... Sum oh, I teach. Okay, I teach uh, special needs children who cannot go to school, so I'm an online teacher and I try and support them through online lessons. Okay, um, we're going to talk about the character of God. I'm going to fo I'm following on from Nancy and Farai, and I particularly want to talk about the idea of gracious, or God is gracious. And that's taken from Exodus 34, 6 to 7. Uh, Yahweh is a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and rich in faithful love and truth. And this is said by God to Moses. Okay, so this is his self-description, which is always good to know. Now, it's quite interesting to think about God and who, well, what do we think about God? Yeah, what sort of image do you have? Sometimes we have a sort of little picture in our mind, don't we? Sort of based on what we, how we grew up and our experiences so far. Um, my picture is sort of from my Catholic background. It's probably a slightly judgmental God, um, having to go to confession all the time and to, you know, be kept uh, up to date with my righteousness through confession. And you've probably got different images. So I'm just going to stop there for a minute so that you can think about it and think about what image you've got. You could write a little note in the chat box if you want, just to share that with other people. Um, right, so I'm just going to stop for a few seconds. Okay, now, you know, there's lots and lots of people come up with images of God over the years. Uh, movie makers, uh, painters, artists of all sorts, and it's quite interesting if we have a look on here. I've just found four images on the internet. Do you recognize any of these? Yeah, and they all show possibly different aspects of God. And that is one of the problems, isn't it, when I, we try and do something like this. Uh, Farai sort of talked a little bit about it last week. We are really trying to capture God in a sort of one-dimensional way. Um, and he's not. So what we need to do is bring all these things together. Remember that all of this is part of God. And do we understand the peace of God when we understand these different words and these different meanings as we look at them. And that he is, well, more than a rounded character. He's a perfect being, okay? And he's got all these character issues balanced. Now, let's think about that word gracious. I would just sort of um, think about what you understand by the word gracious. What might that mean to you? Have you ever experienced somebody being gracious to you? Again, if you want to pop a little note in the chat box, do feel free. Okay. Now, if we look at the dictionary, the meaning uh, I got out of the one I looked at was courteous, kind or pleasant, particularly to someone of a lower status. Now, that is quite interesting, isn't it? 
It's sort of very much a class-orientated definition. And, you know, when we think about graciousness, we often think of lords and ladies, don't we, being very kind to their servants or to the um, people of a lower status of themselves. Um, there's this big sense of they haven't deserved what they're getting. Now, I think that's a really good sense in the understanding. But in the English language, again, graciousness is one of these sort of wishy-washy words that's actually used in a sense that is not um, really explaining God's graciousness. It's sort of, yeah, a bit wishy-washy, as I said. Okay. Now, if we look, the other definition just says divine grace. So we need to look at that a little bit more. And if we look in through the Bible, there are lots and lots of references to graciousness. Um, and actually, I was quite amazed because there's more than one word, one Greek word and Roman, not Roman, Hebrew word, that actually means graciousness. It was translated as graciousness in our um, Bibles. Okay, And in different translations, the same word might be uh, translated as kind or gracious or compassionate. Now, I was sort of listening to Farai last week and I sort of thought, actually, I think there's quite a clear distinction between compassion and graciousness. I suppose grace, grace is sort of acting on compassion. But uh, let's see how we go with that. Um, now, God defined himself as gracious in Exodus. But I also found another verse, and this is one I came across uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were looking through Luke, my uh, men's Bible study group on a Saturday morning. Uh, we're looking through Luke, and I found this verse. Now, this is out of the section that talks about love your enemies in Luke. And it says at the end, <coughs> for he is gracious to the ungrateful and the evil. Well, actually, I was quite taken aback by that. And it's sort of, oh, Wow. What does that actually mean? Well, I think it means that God wants everybody to have the opportunity to turn to him. And he is gracious to them. He is loving to them. He wants people to turn to him. If you sort of think of John 3.16, for God so loved the world um, that he gave his only son, etc., to actually know that... Um, God wants everybody to turn to him. He'd love the whole world to be his people. And that includes the ungrateful, the evil. We can probably think of people that we went, whoa, I'm not sure about that. Um, maybe somebody that we did a good turn for uh, sometime this week, and they were pretty ungrateful about it. Or somebody who's evil. Yeah, they might have stolen something of yours. They might have taken something away from you. They might have um, killed somebody or hurt somebody. You know, so if you look in the paper, you know, the number of incidents that happen. But God will be gracious to all of those to give them the opportunity to repent. I'm going to talk more about that later. I want to just talk about or look at two stories as examples of graciousness. One in this term of uh, looking at evil or ungrateful people. And the other one, looking at one of Jesus' miracles. The first one I want to look at is the story of Naaman. And that's found in 2 Kings 5, 1 to 9. Now, Naaman 
was the second in command or uh, main commander of the army of Aram. Aram was a kingdom near Israel. There'd been a few battles between Aram and Israel. And a guy called King Ben-Hadad II was the king then. And in Israel, uh, it was King Joram. And this is at the time of Elisha the prophet. Now, Naaman had a problem. He had a skin disease. And it didn't look good. No doubt he had tried everything he could to get himself cured. And nothing worked. However, in a previous raid in Israel, they had captured a young girl, an Israeli girl. And she said to Naaman, there's a prophet in my country who could heal you. Ugh. Okay, I think he was a bit taken aback, but he thought, okay, we'll go for, let's have a go. So he went to his king, to King Ben-Hadad, and asked him if this was possible, because he's going into enemy territory. Uh, you can't do that without permission. So, yeah, the king said, yes, yeah, yeah, I have a letter. Take it to King Joram. So they go on their journey, uh, get to King Joram, and uh, Naaman gives him this letter, and King Joram falls apart. How am I supposed to heal you? I don't know how to do this. Notice he doesn't actually look for God. He doesn't ask God for help. No doubt God would have told him where to send uh, Naaman. And he is in a right panic. And the panic is spreading through Jerusalem. Because they, not Jerusalem, sorry, Samaria. And they were absolutely distraught. Because they thought, this is going to be war. I can't do what this guy wants me to do. We're going to have a war with Aram. However, Elisha hears about all the commotion. Says, send him to me. So Naam goes and his entourage will go off to see Elisha. Knock on the door. Elisha's servant answers. Uh, Elisha doesn't come to the door. He sends a message. That's the really important person. He doesn't come to the door. Because this is all about God's grace, not Elisha's work. Elisha said, go and dip yourself seven times in the River Jordan and you'll be healed. Well, Nahum was not impressed. And he wanted to storm off in a right strop, go back to uh, Aram. He said, there's better rivers at Aram, not dirty, mucky ones like the Jordan. But actually, he was lucky. He had a few sensible friends and they sort of said, well, what is it going to hurt? If he asked you to do something really hard and complicated, you would have done it, wouldn't you? Well, this is not hard and complicated. Let's have a go. So Naaman went in to the Jordan, dipped himself seven times and came out clean. Healed by God, out of grace. This is God's enemy who's been healed. And he goes back to Elisha, really full, really happy. And Elisha says, don't give me a reward. It's not me, it's God. And uh, there's a few more bits of the story, but I'm not going into those at the moment. But Naaman also goes and takes some land or soil from Israel so that he can stand on it to worship this God that he's just come across. And he says, I will worship God forevermore. You might have to excuse me, Lord, because I may well have to go into the temple with my master, but my heart will belong to you. Grace brought a new person into God's world. Okay. The second one is called the miracle of Ning. It's found in Luke chapter 7, starting at verse 11. 
<coughs> going to 17. Now, this is uh, Jesus has been busy. He's just done uh, the sermon. What's it called? The sermon on the plain, and uh, they, he's going off for a wander, as bit well as much of a wander as he can with a huge entourage, loads and loads of people following him to this village called Nain, or town called Nain. As he gets to the gates, this big crowd coming into the into the town meets a big crowd coming out of the town, and there <coughs> they are carrying a body, a man in a coffin the only son of a widow who has died. Jesus is overcome with compassion, I guess you could say it, but also he acts out of graciousness and he wants to help this widow. And he goes across and touches the man and restores him to life. Grace unasked for. And that's the other thing about grace. You don't need to act only when you're asked. Is something that you can do any time, okay? You, when you observe a situation, it's something I do sometimes, or um, some people comment on me that you know, sort of seeing something that needs doing and doing it without making a big fuss about it. Now that is graciousness, okay? Right, that is really. What I want to say about graciousness, because I want to spend a bit of time thinking about how we respond to God being gracious. And I am going to use this whole idea, I know um, we use it in church quite a lot, don't we? We're going to look at the up response, the out response, and the in response. Right, let's start with the up response. And I summarise this as God is gracious to you. Now, this is for people who don't know Jesus, or don't know God. You know, I come across and I've read many stories about people who do not think they're good enough for God. And they will not come to God. God would not want me, they say, because of all the horrible things I've done. Sometimes it might not be that horrible, but you perceive it as horrible. They might actually be really nasty people. Maybe a mafiosa or um, President Putin, let's say. Okay? Um... But God will be gracious to them. And if he, they turn to God, God will accept them. And that's what I want to say to you. If you think you're not good enough for God, you are. Okay? There's nothing you've done that God will not forgive. And that's really important. Because God is gracious to everyone. Gracious to the ungrateful and the evil. And very little that we have done probably comes into those categories. Please, consider turning to God. If you want to turn to God and only don't because you think you're not good enough, you are. An out response. How do we respond to people we meet? Particularly people who are not that nice. Maybe football fans, after their game has just, uh, they just won the game and they've been in the pub for a fair time. Probably not that nice. Or uh, tramps on the street. People who are dirty and smelly. People, this is probably showing my prejudices as much as anything else. Um, people who are rude to you. If you work in a shop or a business, 
Sometimes customers are not that nice, are they? However, God is gracious to everyone. There is no exception. And, therefore, we need to show that graciousness to others in the image of God. We are all in God's image. So let's try and show God's grace to all those that we meet. Not easy, and we're not perfect. But, let's have a go. I mean, I know some people in our church are really good at this anyway. And I've seen them. Me? Probably not so good. Okay, thank you. Right, last one, the in response. Now, you might know Jesus. You might be in a relationship, call yourself a Christian. But if you're like me, you might still not think you're good enough. And you've got something inside you that you sort of think, that's not a really good thing. I need to be perfect. I need to be God's child. But God is still gracious to you. He might want you to improve that thing. He might want you to change. But he doesn't expect us to be perfect. And what he does ask us to, or what I'm suggesting he asks us to, is to be gracious to ourselves. To accept ourselves as recipients of God's grace. And that we can live and move and have our being in him. I learned this actually quite a lot uh, a few years ago. Been a Christian many years. However, when I did KST, and I strongly recommend have, uh, doing the KST course if you can, I found in the first year when we really covered topics like this, the character of God and looking at God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, how confident I could be in God and how amazing it was. It actually secured my foundations and that is through the grace of God. So, three responses. God is gracious to you who think you're not good enough. Turn to it. God is gracious to all. Be gracious to those you meet or be kind to those you meet. And God is gracious to you. Be gracious to yourself. I'd like to just pray. Father, thank you that you are gracious. Thank you for all that you give us. Thank you for being our Father and for Jesus dying for us. <coughs> thank you too that you are full of grace and that you're gracious to everyone without exception. And now I'd like to really strongly encourage if you haven't um, if you're not a Christian and you want to become a Christian, can you just pray with me? Father, I want to accept your grace. I want to turn from my sins and be a new person and accept you as my King and Saviour. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, can you please contact us or somebody you know who's part of the church? And um, there's an email at the end which you can, um, where you can contact us and somebody will be in touch with you. Everybody else, Father, I just pray for all the others that they'll accept your grace, that way you'll pass on your grace, that we will pass on your grace and accept your grace in our lives. Amen.
Thank you all. And I will see you at some point. Amen.